Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick 6 Podcast. Will Brinson, Jason Lockenfora on this edition. Woo-hoo, man. Nothing to talk about. Nothing <laughs> to talk about, buddy. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Rate us. You can even tell us which member of this podcast is not this specific podcast, but um, this podcast in general is uh, is your favorite. And you can follow us at Pick 6 Pod. Josh McDaniels was the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts for approximately, let's see, the news came out at 11 a.m., subtract the one, carry the three, six hours. Is that right? Six hours, Jason? Sure. Maybe eight. Maybe Something eight like hours. that. That works for me. And all, so I, I was on the news shift or whatever on Tuesday morning. Colts sent out a release. It's been announced he is the head coach. As expected, as been as has been expected for multiple weeks. Um, you know, later that night, I go upstairs. I was telling you guys, I I, I went and like laid down in my kid's bed, Robbie's Robbie's bed. I would go to sleep. Didn't take my phone up there. Can't fall asleep myself, and I wake up at like ten o'clock. Come downstairs, and Josh McDaniels is no longer the head coach. I mean, he, was, yeah. he was the head coach for less than twelve hours. Jason, what the hell happened? Bizarre, bizarre situation. Um... From what I'm told, you know, he, he certainly agreed to become their head coach. He was their head coach. Uh, did he have a fully signed contract? Um, you know, and, and everything a thousand percent binding? No, obviously not. But generally in this business, you know, you have your word. And you had, he, for, for a long time, he had verbaled with them. You know, they were on, of the understanding for weeks that he was going to be their head coach when the season ended. Um, and they were putting a staff together for him, and that was that. And that's why he didn't entertain the Titans, because he had basically given the Colts his word at that point. And that's where this was going. And that's where it was Tuesday afternoon. And then he's basically in the building sort of packing up and getting stuff in order and getting ready to fly to Indianapolis. And I'm told Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick bounced on him. And we're like... Do you have a signed contract? Like, is everything completely, completely signed? Is there any wiggle room? Well, I mean, I'm going there tomorrow. You know, gonna gonna be now. You know, gonna answer questions about being the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I'm putting a staff together, and then you know they proceeded to re-recruit him with vigor. I'm told there were conversations with his wife and other people in the organization with Josh's wife. Are you sure? Are you sure? Is that really one of where you want to raise your kids and? You guys have moved so many times before. Is this definitely the job? You know, this is your last chance to really reconsider. And while I'm told that nothing was made explicit to Josh in terms of you're the next guy, there was no language like that put in his contract. That's not how they operate. Right. You're basically asking him to make himself toxic to 31 other owners. I mean, sure. putting that sort of pressure on him and having these sort of conversations this late in the game – both those guys know what that what message that sends to the rest of the league. So for the Crafts to not make him the next guy up, you know, whenever that transition does take place, 
would be absolutely stunning because they have just basically asked this guy to torpedo his ability to get a head coaching job anywhere else for the most part. Um, and, and look, Josh is a big boy and he knows what he's doing. And there's always been this great trepidation about leaving the nest again and leaving Tom Brady and leaving the life that they've set up for themselves there as a family, not just their football life. And so you would always hear that, Hey, you know, it's never over until it's totally over with Josh, which, which again, you know, the Colts might want to have waited, you know, until they had everything signed, mm-hmm. sealed, and delivered to put it out. I mean, it's funny. How many times in your career have you seen teams, and, and it happens in every sport all the time, where somebody reports a signing and they say, well, we're not confirming that. Because right. until we take, you know, until he takes his physical and until we have a fully signed contract and not just a term sheet, we're not announcing it, right? You hear that on minor signings all the time. Like, you hear that, you know, in baseball with a non-roster invitee. Well, the team's not, you know, team doesn't announce until everything is completely, completely done. Mm, might have served the Colts well here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, by that. So, I mean, we understood, and you'd reported weeks ago that it was, and I, I mean, I remember, you know, you didn't, you did, you did use, you did couch, you couch the language like, Josh McDaniels, like barring barring something really really surprising, you know I mean, that's I mean, that's how this stuff is couched because they had agreed to I mean they had agreed to terms that it was set and 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 okay I guess the question I'm asking is who does this fall is this on McDaniels is this on well, look. Uh, or is this on this is this on the process that the NFL has put in place that allows the Colts to believe they have a deal in place and still allows Josh McDaniels to walk away because with the signed contract. Well, He's good, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the process is something that a lot of people have gripes with. Um, You know, and it's funny how when, like, the Giants are winning all the time and people want to talk to their coaches, you know, and Spags and these guys are hot, they, they like the fact that those guys can't officially leave until after the Super Bowl, right? And then the Giants are on the other side of it with the second overall pick trying to get people to take their jobs, you know, who, who you know, Patricia prefers uh, Detroit. Not that I ever think Patricia was going to be the guy in New York, but regardless, they're going through the process on the other side, and it's like, this is ridiculous why, you know what I mean, our future of our organization depends on who, wins, on who wins these playoff games, right, that have nothing to do with us. So it, it's funny how that flips, but, yeah, I think part of it is just the process and, and the um, – the, the, the cumbersome nature of it and, and these sort of rules that you have to abide by the letter of them, but you don't have to really abide by the spirit of them. At least if you do, you can really get burned. Um, look, a lot of it is Josh. I mean, I'm a big Josh guy. I, I like him personally. I'm a big believer in his. But it is, it's a league of gentlemen. That's an antiquated sort of old-timey way to think about it. But when you hear guys who've been in the league for a long time talk, it, it, that's what they say. You only really have your word. You know, a lot of times in the fast and furious nature of free agency and in coaching searches and, you know, various times of the year when there's a lot going on, um, signing, signing undrafted free agents and that crazy period there where you're, you're, you're giving agents assurances and this and that, you know, your reputation can get destroyed quickly if people don't think they can believe your word and, and while it could not be completely signed, sealed and delivered during the process, 
the Colts had every reason to believe that Josh McDaniels was going to be their next head coach, especially when he, you know, sashayed completely out of the Titans thing and was so far down the road with the Colts that it's like, now nah, you, you're my guy, I'm your guy, and you're my guys, and as soon as my season ends, I'm rolling with you. Um, and then, and then the Colts. I mean, you know, again, could could they have just waited until you know what I mean? He he, he got off a plane and signed a contract. I mean, yeah. I don't know where the harm in that would have been, right? They've already waited three weeks, and everybody's been reporting for a month that he's their guy. Would waiting another twelve hours have been the end of the world? Well, and then you know, you go back and you look at. I'm trying to find the press release that they sent out because I would have gotten it yesterday. Um, they use agreed to terms in the thing in the release they sent out last night. Yeah, no, no, no. The language they used was agreed to terms. Yeah. It didn't okay, say so, signed contract. Well, four fourteen yesterday. I'm looking for the. I'm, I'm just trying to get the timestamps here for when they said, "Hey, we have Josh McDaniels." Um, and did they not say? That? I swear they sent it out. Uh, maybe maybe they didn't. But at four fourteen no, p.m. They said something out yesterday announcing the press conference and yeah, tweeting yeah, out, "Josh is our guy." At press conference on Wednesday. Yeah, I thought they did too. Maybe I, uh, maybe I no, just. No, they did. Yeah. They did. But it was in the morning, right? It was in the morning. And then at 414, they're like, hey, we've got a, um, uh, you know, we've got a, we've got a press conference coming for Josh McDaniels. And then at 833 PM, they were like, hey, Josh McDaniels is not joining the team. And then this morning at 912 AM, they announced an 11 AM, uh, Eastern time, I assume. Uh, Chris Ballard yeah. press conference, and yeah. I'll be very curious how Chris Ballard handles this. Because you're right, like they could have waited. They, they, you, you, nothing is done until it is signed, and even then, um, nothing is is guaranteed to be done. I would like to play very quickly some audio. The conductor has it, which may sound familiar to Colts fans. Due to the various uncertainties surrounding my position as it relates to the team's new ownership. Um, I've decided to resign as the head coach of the New York Jets. So that's Belichick, and everybody yeah. calls. You know, he says, I, "I'm resigning my position as head coach of the Jets." I mean, what, you know, and he wrote it on a cocktail napkin. It is eerily familiar that Belichick would do this to the Jets. And on Thursday, there was a Bill and Bill, the, the thirty for thirty with Walsh, maybe Parcel, excuse me, and, and Belichick. <laughs> Like 72 hours later, the, the Pats lose the Super Bowl, and McDaniels does the same thing. Do you think this is more about having unfinished business? Is this more about no? More about being I promised the next guy of, of Bob Kraft? I, I don't. Again, I don't think he was promised. I mean, I my reporting, and I'm hearing it from people in the building, and then just from people who know Josh, is not that he was promised anything, but made likely. I, I don't know how. He's like I, again, I think it's more of just a. You know, we 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 hate to see you leave. We we can't. You know, we want to keep doing this with you. Um, you know, do you really want to leave Brady? Do you really want to leave Bill? Are you really sure about Luck? Are you really sure about that owner over there? Like, are you positive positive that he's the guy for you? Because if he's not, we've got more money here, and you know, you know what we think of you moving forward. You know that we always want you in this organization. You know, I think it, my understanding is much more along those lines. Not. If you stay, you replace Bill. That's just not how they roll. But like, but it's, let's a, but be it's real. A, but it's an under. And asking it's an him to do this. Yeah. Yeah, and asking him to do this, there is also an understanding. I think just a a common sense level sort of feeling that 
well, if they're going to these ends with me right now, you know what I mean? And they're basically begging me to stay and doing everything they can to keep me here. And Bill has one year left on his deal. And even after that, you know what I mean? Could retire any given year. Then, you know, I'm not staying here just <laughs> to, to try to win one more Super Bowl with Tom Brady. You know, I'm recommitting to them in a very big way, in a very untimely manner, screwing over another AFC team in the process. Like, this is it. You know what I mean? I'm making my bed with you, and you're making your bed with me, right? Because there's no going back from this one, and I'm going to have a hell of a time explaining myself in future head coaching interviews with owners as to why I won't just quit on him at some point. Yeah, and... You know, it, it, it's inherent in the process. And, and so... And, and then, like, the you know, they're like the Packers when there was all this stuff about the Ted Thompson and who the next guy is. They're not going to just say this is the guy. No one's going to get the Eric DaCosta treatment. In these organizations, it's just not how they're run. It's not. It's not how they roll. But like, I mean, if I'm Bob Kraft, I'm sitting there saying, "All right, Belichick's year to year. Let's say he retires after next year. I got McDaniel's as my head coach. I've got Flores now in his second year as defensive coordinator. I'm hoping I get at least a few years with him. And Josh can still run the offense while." They were in a bind. You know, Brian Dable, a lot of these guys who would have made some sense to them were off the table. Yeah. No, no, I mean, the the Patriots, uh, I thought Mike Sando had a nice piece um, written up where he sort of, and it came like right after the Super Bowl. So it was, I mean, it was was surprising that it was ready right there, but it was like, here's what the Patriots do next. You know, Belichick stays and Belichick walks away. I mean, if, Belichick leaves. Even if Belichick stays or Belichick leaves, and he's, he's not leaving now, obviously, um, we don't think anyway. Then the like the Patriots without Josh McDaniels and without Matt Patricia are in a major bind. I mean, they don't. Belichick has to find a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. Promote within. Well, let, let's still, be real. Belichick still, is still the defensive coordinator. I mean, sure, he sure, can intercept yeah. any play call. You know. So yeah. I, I'm not going to absolve him of the Super Bowl and put that on Patricia. I mean that that Belichick right. still has final say on that defense. I, I but but the offense is a different story. They didn't have anybody else in that organization internally who was was they didn't have the, a Flores on the offensive side of the ball. Right. And the more people I talk to in that Super Bowl week about who would you make the front runner, they're like, I don't even know who to put odds on. You know, he's yeah. going to have to really search. Like Bill's going to have to get creative. You know, is there anybody on that Alabama staff who would make sense? You know, well, Dable, he's already gone. You know, he's yeah. he's in Buffalo now. And then it's like, well, okay, um, would he would he would he change Tom Brady's system completely and go get you know one of those dudes from Ohio State who turned the Colts down? Well, maybe, but is that really what you want to do with Tom Brady at this stage of his career? And then it's like, well, who else who's been here recently? You know, would make sense? I mean. You're going to bring Godsey back, you know what I mean, who lost his play-calling duties in, in Houston, and, you know, O'Brien had to take it all over there? Well, probably not. You know, is Brady really going to respect that guy? I mean, they were in a, it was going to be tricky on that side of the ball. I mean, Belichick can't do everything. Like, could Belichick be an offensive coordinator and a damn good one? I'm sure, but it's hard to wear, you know, ten hats at once right. on Sunday. It just is. Well, do, you, do you think that there is – do you think that Tom Brady was in on that meeting with Kraft and McDaniels and and 
in Belichick? I mean, does he come in and say, I listen? I have not. I didn't hear that Brady was in the building in the various offices, you know, Kraft's office, Belichick's office while that was yeah. going on. But do I think Tom, like, like, does Josh know exactly what Tom thinks of him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course. Like, would Tom, in, the, in, in all the moments after that game where as much as Tom Brady was saying we didn't do enough, you know, it was typical Brady saying all the cliches you'd expect, they didn't put up 33 points. They really put up 37, right? Right. The field goal was was a makeable field goal. You know what I mean? That wasn't like Actually, a should have been thirty. should have been 38. They missed two extra points in that easy field goal. Okay, I was thinking the one extra point. So they missed two extra points? I'm pretty sure he was over two. Let me Did they miss two? I'm pretty sure he was. I, I think he missed. Did he miss two? Maybe there were just two total missed. Either way. I thought there were two total missed. But they basically, you know, they put up at least 37 points. And the only time they got stopped all day just was one, just one. Just one. Yeah, Elliot, Elliot missed one. Sorry, I don't know what I was. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's but, but, I mean, seven points. But still. And, like, and, and 600 yards of offense. You know what I mean? Like, they did their job. Do your job. They did their job. The problem is nobody on special teams or defense did their job. So, like, he knows what he means to them. And they know that from their end they did enough to win another Super Bowl. And – those two are very – like, they have their blow-ups on the sidelines from time to time. They've also been together for, like, 16 years. Like, that's going to happen. And he knows what – Josh knows how much Tom thinks of him, and Tom knows how important Josh is to this. And Tom also knows that there is no next man up, you know, in terms of the offensive coordinator. And that could have been a wild and meandering search weeks before the combine, which is not what, what you're looking for. Okay, uh, right, let me ask you this. Did, if you're Josh McDaniels, are you sure that this is the right move? Because as good He's as the Patriots, sure something. I mean, well, again, right? I love Josh, but like, you got to be decisive at something. Like, this is it. You, you're with the Patriots like, now. Can you but, imagine but his head coaching interviews? Like, if he tries to do this again in a year, can you, can you can't. even imagine what these owners are saying to him? No, I mean, but you no, know, and I will say this too. Like, we say he can't, but then like Bobby Petrino keeps getting head coaching jobs, right? Like, and he left the. Right. No, look. Somebody may interview him, but, yeah. like, is it the cream of the crop job? Yeah. Here's the thing about Josh. It's always been, and rightfully so, it's got to be the right owner, the right quarterback, the right situation, the right there everything. Are, there so, are three teams, assuming that assuming that Cleveland is off the board, right? I mean, like, like he, he will never get a job with the Colts. He will never get a job. With um, the Broncos. With the Broncos, right. And Browns feel safe to say? Maybe not. I don't know. No, the Browns and even the 49ers. I mean, look. Yeah. They had huge money on the table for him and Casario a year ago. They were wooing them all over the place. You know, at various times in that process, they felt very strongly about their ability to get those two. And it did not go this far. It was not nearly as extreme as this. But, like, you know, they're like, you can't get this dude. You know what I mean? You think you've got him on the lore, and he's just like this squiggly bass that just keeps, you know, Every time you think you're about to pull him on the boat, you don't have him. And, well, and, and really, in his heart of hearts, he just wants to – I mean, it's pretty obvious now, you know, that he, he just wants to be a Patriot. And, is, you know, when, and that wherever that takes him, it takes him. Yeah, and I think that it's safe to say that no one uh, – until unless the NFL – and the NFL may very well change the coaching search rules this offseason, but there is no chance in hell – that anybody is going to agree to terms with Josh McDaniels on a contract while the Patriots are still in the playoffs. Right. While like in the next, playoffs. like right. next year, if the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, it, nobody, it's just, you're not going to mess with it because you know how. I mean, this is on a scale of one to ten. This is a fourteen in terms of embarrassment 
and setbacks for the Indianapolis Colts, right? I'll put it to you that it is. But, and I'll also throw this in there. Josh McDaniels and Chris Ballard have the same agent. That's crazy. Well, they, 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 they did. did. They did as of last night, but that agent will no longer be working with Josh just because professionally. You know what I mean? At this point, again, like is that we had a who, verbal who, here, and then we had a term sheet, and I understand you had a change of heart, and you got to do what you got to do for your family, but I, I can't work with you moving forward because, you know, this isn't how, this isn't how business is done in this league. Um, is, that, uh, is that Bob Lamont? Bob Lamont. Yeah, yeah. Who, is, mm-hmm. who has done – like he's had a really good offseason because he got Gruden back. Um, it was under Shermer. Shermer. The key, he's he's moving guys all over the place, and yeah, I mean, if you're, I agree. If you're, if if you're him, you just you just can't do it. I mean, what does he? I mean, he tells him, you have to tell him, like, hey, look, you're on your own. You're on an island. You're you're with Bob Kraft now. And this is my. We don't being certain about something. Like Belichick, when you if if you're Josh McDaniels and you take over the Patriots. You're doing so with Belichick leaving. You're doing so with presumably Brady leaving, although maybe Belichick retires before Brady. Who knows? We'll see. You're doing so with maybe Rob Gronkowski leaving, and you're he, doing so. Dude, he just wants more money. He's like, well, that's that's fine, but I mean, but, he just wants more money, and I okay. and rightfully so. He's the greatest tight end who ever lived, so he'll yeah. get it. But 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 uh, let's say Belichick coaches two more years. And Brady plays two more years. Gronk could leave in two years. I mean, he probably won't, but he'll be 30. I mean, he's beat up. And if, if, if those three guys leave and you take over the Patriots, first of all, you, you have this understanding. And it's insane that you would back out of the same sort of understanding with the Colts and be like, well, I'm sure the Patriots in no way can hose me over in this process. Um, right? I mean, like, just like I did the Colts. You, you also have to hope that Bill Belichick is now going to be trying to find the the quarterback. Well, it's not Bill. It's Josh. I mean, Josh has got. I mean, like, if I'm Bob Kraft and we're thinking of taking a quarterback in the first couple rounds, everybody's got to be on board with it, including my coordinator, because my coordinator is the one who will probably end up coaching him, and not my head coach. So, of course. And, and that's that's another reason why I think <laughs> the Patriots went to you know all extremes to keep him in the building because they know how much a part of that evaluation process he is. And, you know, having him and Casario on the road together, working some of these guys out and going to some pro days and bringing kids in the building, like they want to have Josh's assessment in the building of these quarterbacks rather than him competing with them for quarterbacks somewhere else. I mean, he's a part of the reason that they brought various guys in there at various times, including Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I mean, I get it. Like, I get it from the Patriots 9,000%. Like, I, I get why they would, you know, go off the grid to try to keep this guy in sure. their building. They they know what an offensive mind they have there. And, dude, let's be real. I mean, Tom Brady is a freak of nature. Everybody knows I'm a big Tom Brady. Like, you know, I just wrote a column yesterday saying Tom Brady's underrated, and he is. But, like, who has Josh McDaniels had to play? Like, They've, they've gone to the Super Bowl with, like, the worst defense in Super Bowl history, the second-worst defense in Super Bowl history this year. They've had, I mean, two Hall of Famers that, that he's played with, Brady. Like, two Hall of Famers that, that Josh has had to mess around with, right? Randy yeah. Moss for three years and now Gronk for, like, six. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you know and I mean? that's – They had that's, years and, where 
with this offense, Brady and McDaniels, right, having a top five offense and going to Super Bowls with Rishay Caldwell as the leading receiver, with Deion Branch as the leading receiver, with David Givens as the leading receiver, with Troy Brown as the leading receiver. These are all 5'9 slot guys who were seventh-round draft picks for the most part. I mean, Branch and Caldwell were taken in the second round, but they were bust. They never did anything outside of New England. Like, Wes Welker, wee little slot guy. Julian Edelman, wee little slot guy who, who you know, was a, who nobody wanted. You know, seventh-round pick. Welker, un, undrafted, right? And that's what he's had to work with. And, yes, Brady's super accurate, and Brady's a genius, but, like, Brady's not calling all the plays. You know what I mean? Like, look at what Josh has done. You know who the leading rusher is for the 17 years that Tom Brady's been in? Uh, I would guess Corey Dillon. Yeah, and he was there for three oh, years. That's a good guess. He, right. averaged, he averaged four to a carry, right? He hasn't been there since he retired in 2006. He's got like 3,000 yards rushing as a Patriot. That's the leading rusher since Brady's been there. There's been incredible pressure on McDaniels to create and scheme and create and scheme with no, with no dependable feature back, with just guys along the offensive line, with the best player is a wee little slot guy who nobody else wanted, and then, yeah, we did have Randy Moss for three years. There's only three players who've caught even 25 touchdowns from Tom Brady. Moss, Gronk, and let me guess, uh, Welker? Yeah. Edelman's at 24. They, the only outside receiver the Patriots have had during this entire run Randy Moss. who's ever had a 10-touchdown season is Randy Moss. Yeah. There's been eight 10-touchdown seasons by Patriots players since Brady's been there. Gronk has five of them, and then Moss the three years he was there. I mean, that's what they've had to work with. And, again, the defense most years has been not break. It's not exceptional. And Brady's a freak of nature, but so is Josh. And that's why – they would break codes and they would break, you know, professional uh, courtesies and they would put the screws to this guy on a Tuesday when he's about to get on a plane to Indianapolis because it's like we're not going down without a fight. We're going to keep him in the building by any means necessary. That's insane, by the way, that, that neither Wes Welker nor Julian Edelman have had a 10-touchdown season, but it's it's true. Um, so it's yeah. a small slot. Like, what can they do in the they're, red zone? I mean, what, wee, you know what I mean? You, you track at them in the red zone and you beat the snot out of them. Like – yeah. That's, but that's what he's had to work with. I mean, that's it. It's every year make do more with less. Oh, and our defense isn't really any good this year either. And we still don't have, a, you know, a, 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 an every down back. You know, whether it's Lewis or, you know, Lawrence Maroney or Antoine Smith. You know, Corey Dillon is the closest thing they've had to a feature back. He's been gone for 11 years, 12 years. Well, I, and I pointed this out yesterday, and – it was like doing some radio spot or, or something um, in no, – maybe it was on Monday. But the, the Patriots, I didn't think if they lost – if they lost McDaniels and they lost Patricia, that they were necessarily the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Again, I get that they had Belichick and Brady, but you've got so much going up and down that, that I think you can make the case there are other teams with more consistency and more – especially talent on the defensive side of the ball – you bring McDaniels back and they're right back as the favorites, I think, because of what they can do. Like, they're going to be one of the top two seeds in the AFC, provided that Tom Brady plays 16 games and, and Belichick and Josh McDaniels are, are all there. Um, it, what does this mean for Andrew Luck? It, it, should we, should we assume that Andrew Luck is not completely healthy or that 
Josh McDaniels uh, I don't, didn't have I don't think information. I, I don't believe that was a I don't believe that was a big part of the decision. It was more just the you know, the finality of leaving there for good, um the the the, the, the sort of thinking about what you have in your hand versus what you don't know. And again, I would not discount the Ursay factor. I mean, he's a quirky guy. He's got a lot of demons. And, you know, is that ultimately your fate's not in Chris Ballard's hands. You know what I mean? Right. Like, don't worry about what Ballard's telling you. What about that owner? You know what I mean? Are you sure he's the guy that you're going to get in bed with for the last time as a head coach? Because if this doesn't go well, if you're out of there in two years, you're, you know, you're going to be job. running back to us. You're going to be running back to us for an OC job. Yeah. Right? And they might so, have filled it by then. Uh, Who knows? where is that owner, you know, and he's talking about having his kids alternate, you know, having his daughters alternate as acting owners, you know, from year to year. And the NFL said, no, that's not how it works, dude. Like, that's not going to fly. What's your real secession plan? You know, so there's a lot of uncertainty there as well that at the end of the day, that's always what Belichick is saying to his guys. You need, you've got the best owner on the planet right here. Who are you, who, you know, what do you know about where you're going and how much trust do you have in them? And are they going to give you everything you need? You're giving, sure you're you giving the cream of the crop. You're giving the cream of the crop job selections every year. You can be patient and wait as long as you want to make a leap. Why would you make a leap? Well, not now? anymore, but yeah. But to this point, yeah. I mean, look, Greg Doyle wrote about this in the Indy Star when Josh McDaniel was hired. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll, I'll give him credit. Not, and I'm not – bashing McDaniels here, but you got to give Greg credit because he was like, I don't know about this hire. I look at what happened in Denver. McDaniels flamed out spectacularly, and you know, and, and I'm not yeah. sure that I'm buying in that he's going to make the Colts ultimately look good or ultimately work out here. And I don't think Greg thought he would be right this soon, but he was right. I mean, right. McDaniels humiliated yeah. the Colts on a national stage, and he could have t- weeks ago he could have said, Hey, look, I'm not sure that this is the right move for me. I cannot, yeah. I can't commit to it until the end of the season. If you want to talk about it then, I'll be willing to talk about it, but I can't guarantee I'll take it. Go ahead and find somebody else if you need to find somebody else. And instead, the Colts let all the other candidates waltz out of there. Um, and so yeah. now, what do the Colts do now? Like, who do you, like, what do you well, do? Who do you go hire? You asked about Andrew Luck. I mean, they were already. They had been talking to Daryl Bevel for quite some time, both Chris Ballard and Josh McDaniels, about joining that staff in some capacity. Now, it wasn't going to be a play-calling traditional offensive coordinator job because Josh was going to obviously call the plays. But, you know, he's someone who he played at Wisconsin. Ballard played at Wisconsin. Those two go all the way back. Um, Probably not going to get a I head coaching him. look, a traditional head coaching look in the next two or three years. This is a yeah. – yeah. I think that's, you know, I think Ballard's somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, for offensive coordinator, um, uh, you know, head scene. coach. What are we, yeah, who's the head coach now? But, okay, so this is my question, Jason. This is, if you're the next guy, you go in there and you're like, all right, it's like, uh, so uh, what happened to the last guy? Well, well he, look, he was here for six hours. And you're like, oh, okay, what about the guy before that? Well, he was fired and not fired and uh, not fired and fired like several times. Uh, fought with the GM a bunch. This time it's going to be fine, though. Don't worry about my crazy owner. Don't worry well, about the franchise no, look, quarterback. You're, you're getting somebody who has no other head coaching out. Like, let's be real. You're, there's only 32 of these jobs on the planet. You can always get a coach. You but can, the fans, you the can fans are going to mute me. Well, look, they're going to, you're going to have to win games. I mean, you have to win them back with your play. You're going to have to get Andrew Luck healthy and get him back on the field and, and have a guy working with him who's going to protect him. You're going to have to continue to try to – 
figure out that offensive line. I mean, you got to put a football team together. Like, is this a, can is you this get a... people to coach this team? Absolutely. I mean, sure, Jim sure. Schwartz is out there. You know, they <laughs> could do something there. Frank Reich is out there. You could do something there. Dave Tobe, the chief special teams coordinator who was with Ballard in, 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 in Chicago and was with Ballard in Kansas City and who's interviewed for – I don't know why he didn't get a look this time around because chief special teams were still pretty damn good. Um, and Andy Reid still produces some really good coaches. Yeah, Nagy got a job. Peterson got a job. You know, look at Andy Reid coaches. They're doing pretty good. The guy Harbaugh in Baltimore doesn't stink. Um, now he's – you know, Ballard didn't even interview him. Nobody interviewed him this time around. Last year, he interviewed for two or three jobs. The year before that, he interviewed for a few jobs. He could go get Dave Tobe tomorrow, and, you know, he could work with that staff. I mean, so you can get a coach. I mean, there's still, there's still guys out there. Um, you know, it, it, it's not going to be ideal. It, you don't want to be doing this and, you know, two weeks away from franchise tag decisions and three weeks away from the combine. But this is the hand they've been dealt. And I, I would say this to Chris Ballard. Like if, if it's like if they want to go interview four or five guys, no, 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 no. You've got to have a you got to have a guy. You know what I mean? Like you got to go get a guy or two. Like right. this, you need. You to can't make this a process. No, no, no. You've been in the league a long time. You've got your list. You've always got a few names in your back pocket. You need to call one of those guys and get them on a plane and do this. And ideally, I would say go with someone like Tobe, who you know really, really well as a human being, who you already have a relationship with. So that there's already an inherent trust there, you know, like if he wants to say, oh, well, we interviewed Chris Richard and he's still out there, you know, he's just a secondary coach somewhere else. Now we can still go get him. Like if you don't know him really, really well, coming in this late, having an inherent part of another guy's staff, like that's probably not the way to go. You know, look what just happened with you and McDaniels. Like I would, I would, you know, I would have one or two guys in mind and, and I would already be talking to him. Yeah. It's it, it's just and do you, do you think that so I mean I can't like sorry it's hard, it's hard to fathom like how you can picture it playing out where Ballard goes to McDaniel's and he's like I mean Ballard goes to uh, Ursay and he's like yeah well Jim like I said you let me lead this uh, search how you look at the grades look at look at it you know like the PR people are I mean I gave him an A plus I think or an A I mean if you were cultivating this like Jim we really nailed this one Chris is like yeah boss man I really did good let's send out the release Patriots have been eliminated and now all of a sudden you're standing here and you have no coach I, I do you think I mean like, do you think Frank Wright would take this job? Because to me, if you're Frank Wright, you come back, you work with Carson Wentz another year, the Eagles win, you know, are another good team next year, and you have an opportunity to to get you know to get another job. I, I, I guess that I think that the Colts' gig is good as long as Andrew Luck is healthy, but that division is tough. I mean, you know, you have Mike Mike Vrabel who comes into Tennessee, and you believe that John Robinson is doing good work and that they can keep things going. Um, you know, with, get improve Marcus Mariota. The Jaguars defense is going to be really good. The Texans now have Deshaun Watson and, and JJ Watt coming back and, and should be a playoff contender as well. I mean, it's not a great spot to land unless you're convinced that Andrew Luck is, well, is great. Andrew, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you, look, you, you, there's no guarantees in this league. There's nothing is guaranteed. Look, just ask the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, nothing right. is guaranteed. So, it's it's one of 32. If you're a guy who hasn't been getting a whole lot of traction lately and you're comfortable that Ballard can draft some guys on defense and you're comfortable that Andrew Luck can immediately elevate the offense, 
you know, then then you could do worse than this. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's not it's suboptimal, and it's not <laughs> great for the team, and it's not great for the coach, but it's still only one of thirty-two, and there will be no shortage of guys who, if you call them, are interested. You know, Reich in particular, I, I think he would listen absolutely. You know, Jim Schwartz at this stage, I, I'm not sure. Schwartz has done it before. You know, Schwartz is in the McDaniel's boat. People don't necessarily love my attitude at times. People have questions about me. They worry about how I act or, you know what I mean, how I might react to things and am I a hothead. Like, this is it for him. So is he going to do that? No. I mean, he's a highly paid defensive coordinator. Um, He'll be a little choosier than maybe a Frank Reich who might be saying, well, I I can't worry about my second opportunity. I got to get my first. You know, I got to do this. So, yeah, people are at different stages of their life and their career, and they're more willing to take on a risk or not a risk or do something that others would say, you know, no, it's not for me. But, like, it's not the end of the world for the Colts. It's it's just not. I mean, look, I wrote a column a few weeks ago when things were getting crazy in Cleveland again. Like, you know, and they were struggling over whether this new offensive coordinator was really going to be a guy who came in and called all the plays. Like, if John Dorsey got to fire that guy tomorrow, he'd get yeah. a coach. Yeah. And I got news for you. That coach would probably win more than one game in the next 32 he coaches. Like, there are people out there. It's not, you know, it, 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 it's not like the candidates, there's not a ton of candidates. And, and when you start talking about having to interview five, you know, on average, if you interview five people for a job and there's 10 or 11 jobs, then finding 55 individual candidates, no, there's not 55 guys out there. But if you're in this situation and it's February and – you're in a bind? Like, there's, there's qualified <laughs> candidates out there. You have to have a guy hired by the combine, right? I mean, this should – you better have a guy hired by the end of the week. I mean – Yeah, I mean, hey, look. Like, the, the guy I, I mean, I, you can only sit there and lick your wounds for so long. You better go get a coach. I mean, and again, there's people who will take your job, offer it to the right one, and let's go. I, I'm so flummoxed by it. I – I don't recall seeing anything like this except for the Belichick thing. And when he, I mean, right? Is, this is the first time this has happened with a, a head coach just completely leaving another team at the altar. In yeah, and even that's just a different era. I mean, that's you know what I mean. That's yeah, like yeah, it's not 20, You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, just it's it's totally it's totally different. You know, you didn't have teams tweeting out stuff in real time then. You know, it's just it's it's of a bygone era, but uh, what do they say? History tends to repeat itself, right? Yeah, it sure does. All right. Um, any, this is incredible that we just turned it into a, a pure, is, are you surprised that Matt Patricia actually took the, 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 the Lions job? I mean, was there any chance <laughs> he was going to come back? Uh, no, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, that that's one where he and Bob Quinn, you know, McDaniels and Ballard are both, you know, rising young, you know, young guy, even though they've been around for a while. They're still relatively young guys. They have some things in common in terms of, you know, how many kids they have and the ages of their kids and where they are in their careers. But they're not, you know, they have a dovetail. They're not from the same family tree. They don't share a whole bunch of common, you know, buddies. This, Quinn was in the same building with Patricia for eight years or whatever. So that's it's a little different, you know what I mean? In that situation. And I I was told I think there was a little more of something maybe signed, sealed, and delivered a little right. earlier than this McDaniel situation. Something a little more formal than a handshake. 
and and it is different when you 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 know he knows Quinn and he's worked with him and and you when you know a guy on a personal level I think it's a little harder to leave him at the altar and I don't think Patricia like. When I first started hearing about Patricia as a, as a guy who was really on head coaching radars, it was two years ago when Quinn got to Detroit, and a lot of people mm. I know in the league were like, you know, he could blow out Caldwell now if they let him, and the guy he would bring in is Patricia. You know, that's not this Ballard and McDaniels. They'd never been linked right. before. So I think it's a different situation. I think Patricia was ready to go. Um, I, I don't think, you know, it's Patricia's first shot versus Josh's second. Um, and... And he's got a quarterback there you don't have to worry about. You know, nobody's asking about Stafford's shoulder. And all he's got to do is coach defense there. The offensive staff, a lot of it's, you know, going to, at least, the, you know, Cooter, from what I'm told, is going to stay. So you've got that already in place. And now you've got to work with your GM to fix a defense, which is your strong suit. That That's a little bit different than this Indianapolis situation. And, and look, I mean, Matt's a great coach, but nobody – Nobody tried to lock Matt in office and not let him out. You know what I mean? Like, that didn't <laughs> yeah. happen. It, you know, that Belichick, yeah, Belichick can run the defense. And, you know, we're, Flores has waited long enough. It's, it's, it's his time. Like, we're, 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 we're good. You know, we, we had the worst rushing defense in the NFL, and we just got destroyed by Nick Foles in the biggest game of the year. Right. So, yeah, we got to keep our – we got to figure out how we can keep scoring 40 points a game because that's what we got to do to win. Right. In other words, let's keep some consistency on the offense. Bill Belichick is going to go to work on the defense and try and figure things yeah. out in the offseason, yeah. whether it be with those extra picks. Um, what's the best case for the Colts here, in your mind? Who would be the best case hire right now? I like the Schwartz idea. I would call Dave Tobe because of the relationships yeah. there and, and because of those two guys already having a working understanding of one another and having been a part of, of, you know, two different sort of family trees, um, you know, what was going on there with Jerry Angelo and Lovey Smith and putting that thing together in Chicago. Um, well, I mean, and Tobe goes back to Andy Reid all the way to Philadelphia. Um, Ballard's become, you know, become an Andy Reid guy during his time in Kansas City. That's what I would do. And, and does Tobe, that, that, does Tobe when you call Tobe and you offer him the job and he's sort of like, well, you know, you could have called me before. Uh, and then well, you know what you say? You say, look, man, I I, I bought into this McDaniels thing. I, I, I got was all the way down the river with, on it. I got this situation here with Andrew Luck. You know, this guy is a bit of an offensive genius, although obviously, you know, he left us at the altar, and I've got some issues with him right now. But, look, he was the first guy we interviewed. He he was all in on coaching Andrew Luck. We thought we had something with him a month ago. I did not want to involve you in a process that you weren't going to be my guy. I wasn't going to call you unless I got to a situation where I knew that you were it for us. And I had to explore this McDaniels thing because of the situation with my quarterback and because – I thought I was getting the best offensive coordinator in the game. I didn't know what kind of head coach it was going to be, but I needed the best offensive coordinator I could get. And that's off the table now, and there's other ways to skin this cat, and you're my boy, and you, we speak the same language, and we're going to win this thing with, with you know, special teams and, and the quarterback while I build this defense up, and then we're eventually going to be balanced in a year or two. And, and you know, it's going to be a great situation for both of us. But I wasn't going to interview you. And not give you the job. You know what I mean? If I was sitting down with you, it was only because I already knew you were my guy. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not ideal, but that's what my pitch would be. Yeah. What's the worst case scenario? Is it like Greg Schiano or like Jeff Fisher? Because <laughs> either one of those guys would take the job, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, they would. You would have no problem getting. Again, you'll find plenty of people who, you know, who would take the job. Eric Mangini. I mean, yeah, we, we could come up with a, con, you know, but I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the worst. It's hard to say the worst case. I mean, it's. Steve, you just don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, some of these guys in the name sounds crazy. Worst case time. scenario is, is, is you, get, you get Bill Belichick's son, Steve Belichick. You go out and offer him the you go out and offer him the job. Yeah. Listen, listen, Steve, I'm going to offer you the head coaching job. Just head of a, a double revenge situation. Go, go and bring Mark Tressman back from the CFL again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could find spectacular disasters, but yeah, look, those guys would those guys take it? Yeah, I'm 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 sure they would. I mean, you got Andrew Luck, you got a fighting chance. Pagano ended up getting two contracts out of that situation. I, you know, I'll, I'll sign me, sign me up for that. Yeah. Um, but will it work? I mean, would one of those guys work? I mean, as look, I think Jeff Fisher would be ridiculous, but like he's been in that division before. I mean, I don't know. You, you find, I, I don't, I'll put it to you this way. I don't anticipate Ballard going that route. Mike Malarkey. I still think he's looking for a younger guy. I mean, not that Tobe is, the spring chicken per se, but you know, somebody who isn't going to come in with 9 million ideas about how to run a football team. Right. You know, I mean, Ballard's still a young GM. He's only in his second year. Like you bring in Jeff Fisher. He's now the face of the franchise. You know what I mean? He's got yeah. a personality where he's going to take everything over. And you want somebody you can pair with. Ways. Yeah. You want somebody you can pair with. Yeah. Like Ballard yeah. You and... want somebody who there's already a bit of a connection. I, I just, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd be very surprised seeing him go with a, a you know, a quote-unquote retread in that regard. I mean, Josh is, you know, Josh is, I guess, a retread second chance, but he's still yeah, a, but a different, 40s, a different, you know what I mean? Like, different yeah. situation, yeah. Um, okay, that, that I think that does it for all the – are there any more questions that we have to answer related to this situation? Uh, it's, it's the wildest thing. It's crazy that we watched that Super Bowl – and I mean, one of the wildest Super Bowls you'll ever see. And then 24 hours or 48 hours later, it's you know we the NFL didn't stop. It's I mean like we're supposed to take a break, and that's why I left my phone downstairs. I wasn't worried about it. And then McDaniel's decides to spurn the Colts. Um, I I think I think you're right on the Dave Tobe stuff that he he's a guy you pull the ripcord like hey listen dude we're boys sorry to interview but I need you I need you to come help help me and bail me out. You got to get a coach in place. You got to figure out what to do with that. You got the number three pick. You got Andrew Luck. You know, you have um, a GM who's going to work with you. It is not an unattractive job. You just look like idiots. And now you have to now you have to raise that. We almost hired Josh McDaniels 2018 banner. Yeah. All right. For Jason Luck and Fora, I'm Will Brinson. This is the Josh McDaniels podcast. I think Pete and Nick <laughs> are going to come back and talk Hall of Fame stuff later on this week. Subscribe via iTunes. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, take it easy, guys.